Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. Alrighty, well, welcome back to another podcast. It's your favorite missing person in the world's okayest vocalist, Keebler from Collapse Revive. Um, we're going to start off with a little bit of scripture today, in all seriousness. First uh, Corinthians 1, 10 through 17. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Cephas, or I am with Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I am thankful that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized in my name. But I did baptize the household of Stephanus also. Beyond that, I do not know if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made of no effect. All right, well... We uh, started off with a section of First Corinthians that talks about the divisions in the church, but uh, I wanted to clarify here at the beginning of this episode that uh, even with that as the pre- uh, preface to all this, mm. yes, there's denominational differences, and that's to be expected. Um, <clears throat> there are certain situations, obviously with Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever else, that that's not a denomination, that's just outside the fold. It's but, a cult. Uh, yeah, so it's it's not the same, uh, in case anybody was wondering, because we're not going to, you know, we're going to call a spade a spade here. Yep. But uh, as far as brothers and sisters are concerned, and that's the huge overarching theme here, we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, it's not about denominations, though that's a, a slight area that we do need to, uh, I guess, attend to and say that, yes, we're going to have our differences. Even between the three of us, between Zachariah, Keebler, and myself, we have our differences. But the thing is, we always look back at Scripture and we say, what is the truth about this? Forget yeah. what I feel. What does the Bible say? So uh, that's my preface on that. Uh, denominations are important, but yep. not as important as the the topic that we're talking about concerning division within the church. And I'm talking about the entire bride of Christ. Yeah, it's a symptom of the root issue. Yep. So, so with that being said, today's topic is... Uh, bad-mouthing the bride. And this is something I've been seeing and hearing and even doing, I'm not going to lie. There are times where I've I've taken it upon myself to say things about Christians or uh, to other Christians that uh, really, you know, if, if someone were to have said that about <clears throat> your wife or uh, your family or otherwise, that uh, you would probably have hauled off and slugged them in the face. So... If that's not a good uh, gauge on on hmm. how poor of a you know poor of words and spirit that people have had towards each other, then uh, just listen to the rest of this episode and we'll get into that. Absolutely, I think it's well for one um, nothing new under the sun, and people have been doing this uh, since the time that Jesus rose and and left. From the yep. moment we see it in Scripture, and Paul, as the apostle, had to correct, he had to teach, and 
and there was interfighting and there was problems to be solved and look at the end of Revelation and well the beginning of Revelation when uh, the Spirit was talking to the seven churches and and uh, there was there's so much that goes on and, and we think that even now today um, we had back then it was the Pharisees saying that a work of God himself was the work of the devil therefore further separating the people the chosen people of God um, at that point um, as a what do they call that a theocracy um, mm-hmm. and uh, it gets even deeper than that and then we have people um, like uh, oh shoot I just lost my train of thought um, like today's day and age we have these people who want to go towards progressive Christianity or they have their ideas or um, they have a, a set of beliefs and if, and if you don't line up with what they believe then then you can't be a real Christian um, or you can't be a part of their group or it's insulting to them so we we take a position like almost like the stoop kid on hey arnold if you remember that episode where we just like everybody that near comes to our stuff we freak out and we yell at them yeah um and and there's no christian charity towards one another particularly on facebook twitter youtube podcast i hate you (laughs) just kidding i don't hate you but anyway that's my point it's sad I don't get involved on Facebook because, like, if I say literally anything, mm-hmm. people will... I mean, Christians. I, there's a reason why I say Christians are some of my least favorite people, and it's because of this. It's not because I'm trying to badmouth the bride, but I'm like, God, I'm, I'm really tired of being abused. I really am. If I say anything, people will come and attack me, my band, the ministries I'm a part of, mm-hmm. tear it all apart uh, to further disunity. It sucks. You know, I kind of grew up almost in an echo chamber of sorts. You sure. know, I I knew the people in my church, you know, that I grew up in. And beyond that, I didn't have a ton of, you know, experience with Christians outside of that. And then yeah. really when I joined, the, well, formed Blue Fire Horizon and started getting out there on social media and actually making connections with Christians outside of my little world that I had grown up in. It was almost like a culture shock. Like, oh my God, these people are like, one, there's a lot of people that have no idea what it is they actually believe or what the Bible actually says. But then they like to fight to the death over the stupidest things. Like, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah. So we've had several instances on uh, social media. And I I would say social media is a breeding ground for, uh, for just disunity. There's mm-hmm. no unity that can come from that. And I had this conversation with somebody else recently. It, Twitter, for one, has one of the worst Christian realms possible because mm-hmm. it's a bunch of in, not, not just Internet theologians, a lot of actual theologians, but even they, you can't include that, that level of nuance in the topics that they discuss in 250 characters. It's just not yep. even possible. Yep. Agreed. So, That's, yep. And Facebook has an even larger character limit. It's like a thousand or something like that, maybe more. But even on that, sometimes the topic is just too much. And across social media is just not the spot to be doing that. So obviously, no matter what, people are going to have their thoughts. They're going to want to share their, the things that they believe and you know stand up for what they think is the right thing. But I think I want to highlight just one thought on this specifically. And that's that when we... When we take that approach, 
what we end up doing, assuming it's not a primary issue, again, so there are a couple things to assume in most of this conversation. We're talking about brothers and sisters, not non-believers. And the other thing right. is that we're talking about non-primary issues. So nothing that has to do with the, the death or life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the, the being of God. It's, it has nothing to do with that because that's all primary, absolutely important, non-negotiable. We're talking about other things. Yeah. But on social media, or even sometimes in person, we like to take the approach of, if only you believed X like me, then you'd be a better or real Christian. That's right. that's what we do when we come across, and you know, there are going to be a bunch of people, well, that's not exactly my, my point or my goal. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's not. But what what's your point then? Like, are you trying to win them over to your denomination? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to win them over to your your exact line of sight or whatever the your uh, hermeneutics and exegesis of scripture, the way that you've been raised to do. And so I'm, I'm concerned for the body in that we like to tear each other apart over things yep. that are non necessary. Right. Absolutely. And, and I would just like to add that like we as Christians should though be willing to not take everything as an, as an attack against us. We should be willing to take everything that we do that we have learned. Let's say yep. I grew up in a hyper-Pentecostal church, right? I grew up in full charismania, charismania and I, I'm still a charismatic to this day. You guys know this, yep. but I'm cautious, And but I had to take it and go, okay, where am I wrong with what I believe? Like, we do have to sometimes be honest with ourselves and be like, okay, do they have a point? But the point is you're not going to get there on Facebook. No. Those things happen, um, phone calls, um, coffee, spending time doing life with people, um, having trust, right? If I, if I, I, I razz on Hunter all the time for Calvinism, uh, because it's funny, but I have legitimate questions sometimes, and I'm sure I'm going to text him and ask him one day. Like it, it's, there's, there's no need for hostility. And I would like to bring up, uh, second Timothy two, twenty two through 26, um, regarding this and it is flee from your youthful passions and pursue righteousness faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they breed quarrels. The Lord's slaves must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone and able to teach, and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, having been captured by him to do his will." I keep that in mind. That scripture is why I don't argue. Yep. It, I mean, it's just because what's it going to do? What, what we're talking about today, what Hunter brought up, what I'm sure some ridiculous story Zachariah's got, because he always has a bunch, um, <laughs> and seems to be involved in Facebook a lot, tisk tisk, you're grounded, um, uh, is... It, that's the modern day product of this. And then if we go back, let's say, to the Middle Ages, you get a, you get a people called the Jesuits. And if you've ever read the Jesuits, uh, what they do, they were heretic hunters and killers. They were so divided with their spiritual opponents that if someone were to be caught in a heresy, according to the Catholic Church, they would slaughter them. I mean, the manifesto, you can read it online. The agreement is that you will even disembowel pregnant women and kill the fetus. 
to not like th- that's what it used to be. Thank God we just have Facebook arguments nowadays, but mm. there's nothing new under the sun, and that ought to break all of our hearts on, on how we act with people. One of my wife's best friends is a Roman Catholic. Um, we don't see eye to eye on really anything, and I've had some conversations with her in the past that would, I mean, she's she's a little bit of a hothead, um, but. That, I mean, just set her off, and she'd scream and storm out and slam doors and stuff. But nowadays, I'm taking the approach of like, hey, I really love how beautiful you guys build your buildings. Mm-hmm. And I love the smell of the incense when it's burned. And your worship is incredible. Like, and like, I'm just trying to take a position of like, these things don't matter, and I'm not going to let these things separate it, because my church has drywall and their church has stone. I'm not going to... Anymore, I don't want to set standards of like or pseudo-standards of righteousness on brothers and sisters. She espouses Christ. She believes in the death and resurrection of Christ and believes in the Trinity. Um, And so I would say that she's probably saved. Um, So I think we need to try to approach things with a little bit more respect Mm. on other people. We can't be keyboard theologians 24-7. I want to point out that I think it's been like a solid month before I actually since I actually got into like an argument with someone on Facebook. I'm proud of that. Super proud of you. I've just been sitting back watching everyone else argue and it's kind of entertaining. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's been entertaining in a way that helps us learn. I've been off of Facebook for the last week and a half and I'm, I'm appreciating the sabbatical more and more every day. Unfortunately, I need to get off of TikTok because it's full of deconstruction. Yeah, that's another Dressing issue on its own. Man. I, yeah, I wanted to... I've wanted to get involved on Facebook a couple of times because I know a few uh, prominent vocalists of the Christian scene that are anti-Jew, and I'm like, you can't hate Jews and love Jesus at the same time. Yep, you can't and hate anybody just, and love Jesus. At you the can't same hate time. anyone, and so I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, I'm not gonna do this. Like I've deleted stuff, and you would just sit and pray for him. Like I still, yeah. I, I love, I love the guy's work, I really do, and so it's like we approach it with love. Like I can disagree with literally anyone on any given topic and it's not going to change my love for them we're just approaching it with the wrong mindset so that's basically like me saying oh okay so i follow the armenian side of salvation so therefore i'm better than you that's really what i'm going to be saying if i continue to argue in bitterness over calvinism like i once did so i wanted to talk about it because you brought up the idea of uh Mm your wife's friend having the, the anger uh, issue, yep. which I mean, I, I dealt with as well and I still mm-hmm. do every once in a while. Um, but I wanted to read this. It's uh, Proverbs 14 and it's mm-hmm. 29 through 35. And it says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. The wicked is overthrown through his evil doing, but the righteous finds refuge in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding, but it makes itself known even in the midst of fools. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. A servant who deals wisely has the king's favor, but his wrath falls on one who acts shamefully. And I wanted to bring that up, not not to you know, solo out your, your wife's friend, or anybody specifically sure. with anger, but I think it 
I mean, the Bible itself has many great points. It's fantastic. That's the whole point. Oh, I We're hope here. So. I mean, but to to point out this specifically in the way that we act with one another, I mean, I couldn't probably count in a single notebook how many times uh, the Bible speaks specifically of uh, Christians and loving one another. That is mm-hmm. one of the biggest themes, and uh, the scripture that talks about love covers a multitude of sins which I'm failing to remember exactly where it is, and that's how my brain works. Um, But my point is that we look at this, and it says stuff about whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. God is the creator of all. So when we look down on anybody, uh, that's anybody, but uh, specifically brothers and sisters in Christ, people who have been paid for by the blood of Christ, when we look at them and say, oh, how poor, uh, you know, poor that person that they would believe this that they would do this when instead of having pity in a way that makes us uh feel better than or than we should about ourselves what we should be doing Mm -hmm. like keebler said uh, when concerning uh differing beliefs is praying for that person because if our first reaction is not prayer if our first reaction is not to shut up and not you know reveal how stupid we are in our words yep if that's not our first reaction, then we have a problem. Yep, shame on us. Yeah, why Why should I, you know, the whole, uh, was it a, a fool uh, speaks and, uh, crap, I can't remember what the stupid phrase was, but. Uh, that's it, that's verbatim. But, <laughs> but like, a, a wise man uh, holds his tongue to prove that, you know, to show that he's not stupid, you know, to prove mm-hmm. it to others. Um, because mm-hmm. we can all say very stupid things, but it's wise not to be that person. And I, th- I think the more that I grow in this and this understanding of how to interact with others in a graceful way, it has less to do with what I have to say to them and more with how often I shut up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. again, not primary issues. These are things that are not important enough to go to right. the grave about. Right. So Exactly. And, and so we have, like, we have our primary issues, right? The resurrection of Christ, the deity, the trinity. And then there's things under that that are just like, okay, those might be bad theology, and it's concerning. Yep. And then we have, like, as Remnant Radio puts it, just like the, um, the, the place that, okay, I might not agree with you on how you view this particular part of Scripture or um, the continuation of the gifts or whatever, but mm-hmm. I'd preach it in a conference with you to have you speak at my church. Like, yep. there are things that just don't really matter all that much. There, like it is kind of like the last podcast we did together. We were talking about uh, uh, creeds, mm-hmm. whether you adhere to them or not, or d- d- speak them as a church or not, or read them is it, it's not gospel, it's not life sustaining, and it's not salvific in nature. Um, so why then um, do we attack each other so viciously? And I'm so guilty over it. Like um, I, I'm broken over it myself, but something that has helped me. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, something that's helped me is learning how to pray offensively for other people rather than defensively for myself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I, we are so selfish um, with everything we do. We want our meals hot and ready right now. We, we want fries to be fresh always at McDonald's. We want success and fame right now. We want the dopamine rush right now. And how much does that simple thing that plays into the the mundane things of life trickle into how we view our brothers and sisters. Yep. Um, and it's, it's a hard thing to learn 
because you can be righteously indignant about something and still love someone, or you can be just arrogant, spouting off at the mouth and being a total idiot um, in well-knowing Scripture and accomplish absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you walk away bitter, and you're the one who loses. And you can even go... You can be aimed towards the right direction and still do it the wrong way. Um, Yep. So, like, an example for that is... uh, I fell into Christian stoicism for quite a while Okay. where it's rejection of self, denial of yep. self. You don't want anything that's good for you, anything that's, you know, all these things because God will give you whatever because whatever. And so I got into that thinking, you know, I'll just, if I'm in this mindset of forget everything and I'll just do what I'm here to do that God called me to do, which isn't, isn't a bad thing until you start telling yourself that you're not worth anything that you you should yep. hate yourself that you should you know hate all these things because it's yes. a, a focus on hate of sin and so now I have to remind myself when uh, I don't know say my one of my kids is like look at you know how pretty this is or look at you know how good I am at this and I have to tell myself don't beat them up about them wanting to you know like have my attention for a moment where I in my mind I'm screaming, Nobody cares, you know, it's not about you, it's, you know, this is not important, and that I have to, like, not do that, because that's where my brain right. immediately goes, and so my my desire is that Christ would be first in their life, but when I go about right. it as hate yourself, that's not yep. good. <laughs> that is yep. not you good. You do it the wrong way. It's like, and then all you're doing is flagellation, but in your heart. Yes. And you're self-flagellating, and I've done it too, I know, and honestly, a lot of my my... my friends in the past who um, were recent Christians, like baby Christians that just came to the Lord, immediately went into like hard R reformed Calvinist stuff. That's, like that's, everything yeah. was sin to them. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Like, uh, I, like she couldn't wear pants anymore. Ooh. Like fundamentalists. Like yeah. So like, I mean, it was really, really tough. And I'm like, guys, like, and then your thing, it's like, I get that. But like, uh, that you went through, but my thing with that's like, dude, like, if I heard you say that, if I heard you say that in like, and I wanted to respond right on, let's say Facebook, mm-hmm. or I wanted to call you, I would be like, well, then why did God make things beautiful, if not for you to enjoy them mm-hmm. and see in His wonder? Um, if we look at the scripture that is popping up in my mind here, Habakkuk two fourteen. Um, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. It's like, man, I can look at that and it's beautiful and I can see his glory in things. And that's not a pantheist thing or polytheist. Mm. Like, it's just like God made everything and it's beautiful. So like, I wouldn't know how to comprehend Christian stoicism having the view that I do where I look at a bird and I like start crying because like God made that and it's beautiful and it's singing this beautiful song, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> well, there, there are a lot of things that led me to that specifically, but, uh, that's definitely not right. for uh, the topic for tonight. Sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a place to be. And so for one, stoicism at it, at its, uh, base level is just wrong. Not Christian doesn't, uh, doesn't compute. So, trying to mesh the two doesn't work. And so the obviously my point is that my desire is that my children would be Christ-like because uh, everybody knows that that's what Scripture says, you know, be, be holy as Christ is holy, and that's the point uh, of a lot of what we do and what God is moving us towards as we become perfected in Him. Right. So, but the, the process matters. 
Yes. My my interactions, the relationship, the fellowship with my children, with other believers, with you guys, even between uh, all of us, the three of us, um, and everybody else that we run into, all of that matters. It's it's not a I'm going to be the harshest dick that I can to everybody and hope that God sorts it out later. You know, right. truth doesn't come as a sledgehammer, but if it does, the Holy Spirit brings grace with it. He's the one swinging it, not us. Yeah, so if if we're swinging, that's a problem. Right. So, mm-hmm. And we can correct one another. We can bring each other back to the faith. Um, we can talk about bad theology. We can talk about um, issues in our churches. We mm-hmm. can do all these things, but there's a way to do it uh, to remain in this uh, familial love, mm-hmm. an agape love with one another. And um, I mean, the only way you learn that is to screw it up. Yep. It's, a, it's something that you have to learn walking with Christ and, and thinking, okay, um, am I just as, like, this is a little extreme, but, like, the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to Paul, why do you persecute me? Mm-hmm. So are we doing the same thing in short by persecuting one another? Do we persecute Christ? And then we have to ask, ask the question, um, are we detesting prophecy and are we grieving the Holy Spirit? Which is a problem. We, I mean, it, because there's like this, that's where the logic goes there, and, but that's a condition of the human heart that we do that. So we re, I think you have to be in a place of prayer to even begin to understand the value of someone else. And obviously read the Word, people. You have to read the Bible. But um, I just over the years developed a deep, deep, deep love and compassion um, for people based on the people I had to forgive and solely forgive. Yep. Um, uh, and so that taught me how to love people. And then when I got into people um, of, of different um, belief systems, uh, whether they're Christian or not, um, whether they're in Christendom, but since we're talking about just the church, I find out that some people believe that the blood and the body turn into the blood and the, blo- the body literally of Christ. And I'm like, well, that's, that's silly. But like, so I get really frustrated about that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. And it just took a long time for me to be able to just, well, do you believe in Christ? Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Um, is he, is he the risen Messiah? Yes. Is he a prophet? Yes. Okay. So I don't think we have anything to argue about. So we have to lay the floor, which takes a lot of work. We have to lay the groundwork and a good foundation for good conversations. If we don't start off with love, first Corinthians 13, you're going nowhere. Yep. I, I think that's I'm, huge. We we learn from the situations happening. And, I mean, there are some people who have less steps to get to where you need to be. But uh, right. as long as we are on this side of heaven, we will have to deal with the sinful nature of all those involved. That's right. So, yep. But with that in mind, that doesn't that's not an excuse to be like, okay, you can just go be a jerk. No. Right. That's, no. no may, uh, was it, shall we sin that grace may abound? No. <laughs> Right. What is that called? Antinomianism? Yeah, antinomianism, because yep. God will yeah. just forgive everything, so just do anything. Just do it anyway. Yep. Right. That's a heresy, people, so yeah. if you believe that, repent. That's a problem. Get right before the Lord. Yeah. Uh, Philippians 2.3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And again, coming from the, the recovered Stoic here, uh, this is not a hate yourself so that others are better. This is a serve others before yourself kind of thing. 
Okay. And so if, if we have this mentality, if we've laid the foundation of prayer being our response to everything, if we laid the foundation of love being where our, all of our interactions start from, that we're desire, desiring unity and love and peace to be the thing, you know, where it talks about scripture being that we want us to, uh, God wants us to be the peacemakers, you know, blessed are those who keep the peace. Like, right. that doesn't mean we can't fight for true theology. That doesn't mean that primary issues shouldn't be defended and that we shouldn't talk about the secondary and even get into debates or good Christian conversations about it. But once, right. once, it, goes from, uh, once it goes from you believing in a certain type of uh, giving of the elements or baptism to mm-hmm. me calling you an idiot, we've already crossed the line now. <laughs> I mean, granted, yeah. I have already crossed a line in my heart at that point because I now hold hatred for a brother. So. Yep. Absolutely. Um, we got to check our hearts. Like, and I often tell this to people who are learning how to control themselves in social situations, their response mechanism. I'm like, just take five seconds. Like, is the speed of thought faster than the speed of light? Just take five mm-hmm. seconds and think about where this is going. Yep. What it's going to do, is it going to be helpful to you and them? If it's only helpful to you or them, don't say it. If it's going to be helpful, then it's going to be helpful to no one. It doesn't accomplish anything. Um, so um, I think Christian charity has to play a big role in this, that we, we really, really have to be kind. And it's really tough for us in, in mm-hmm. our, the state that we're in, uh, especially the culture that we live in. Now we have uh, the, another particular brand of heresy hunters um, everybody's getting called a false prophet. Everybody's getting get, getting called a false teacher. Everybody's getting called, you're not actually a Christian, so we're losing the meaning of what it actually means to be a false prophet or a false teacher. It means yep. nothing anymore, because apparently every single Christian is. That ought not be. Us as a Christian church, the church, capital C, the whole world, the body of Christ, will accomplish absolutely nothing if we keep, like... If we keep attacking one another and then interbreeding our ideas um, that are extra biblical yep. uh, in the way we approach those things, um, we have to then take a look at discipleship, like how we actually do it. We have to look at like leadership management, how 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 are leaders going to are how are we supposed to lead in the church, and then how are the disciples supposed to disciple supposed to disciple, so on and so forth. If we're focused on little things, we're getting nowhere, and that's why the Western Church is the way that it is. So an interesting concept came up uh, with my wife when we were talking about uh, my church, which, uh, praise God, is continuing to grow despite the pandemic and all the other issues. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, and that's not to to bring any focus on that specifically. But the thought was, um, well, how are we uh, encouraging our members to volunteer? How are we encouraging visitors to get engaged how are we you know how are we doing the things that before a church reaches too big of a congregation to deal with these things how are we already working on it and it's the same thing with what you were just talking about the church is having so many issues because the foundation is rotted it's just gone the foundation Mm -hmm. of love and grace has been ripped away and we have this giant gaping hole in the floor and we just sit mm-hmm. there and say, well, you should have fixed it because you're the one that did this. And the other people are saying the same thing about us. So while we sit here and argue about this whole, nothing's getting done. And it's, yep. it's just garbage. I'm, I'm, honestly, yep. it's making me 
I don't not I'm trying not to be angry at anybody, but I'm I'm angry. I'm frustrated because I see this and it's a part of myself that I see as well at times. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see the church take up, you know, the thing and like my kids when I tell them just clean up and like, "Well, it's not my mess." Like, I didn't ask whose mess it was. That's how I'm sure God is looking at us. Like, I didn't ask whose mess it was. Clean it Your up. Your face is going to be a mess well, here in a second geez. if you back talk one more time, boy. <laughs> No, remember I got over the anger thing. It's it's the stoicism oh, yeah, now. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. In like my church, for instance, uh, Pastor Anthony, uh, Pastor Anthony at Field USA. I mean, just a incredibly like outreach focused, and we're doing these things that are we're basically we call them outposts, but they're basically starting home churches hmm. and raising up leaders and dropping them in their cities. We're walking around, we're praying, doing prayer walks around the city and stuff like that. I'm, I need to get involved here in St. Clair for that, but I've been on the media and worship side for a while, busy with that, but. Um, there, there's an intentional focus of like going out. Like that was originally what we were supposed to do anyway. You can't leave the house if you're screaming at your brother. Yep. But we'll still sit there and complain that God doesn't move or he doesn't, he hasn't provided for us. <laughs> oh, that's... If you need milk, go get it. Yeah. You know, and I love that idea of like just shutting up for a second and being quiet. Uh, and because like, I, I'll tell you, like God can do anything but it's like mm-hmm. he'll sometimes choose not to use me because I'm not focused or I insert my own ideas or my own will, yep. let's say into the situation to use the term. Um, and then he goes, okay, maybe I won't use you and you're just going to miss it. And you're going to look stupid later when you figure out you screwed it. Like, I think it's hardest for the intellectual. I think the three of us are mm-hmm. not to put us any, any gradation above others. It's just sure. for what we understand of the Bible. And I think our, a desire and our maturity and understanding it and the the whole counsel of God as much as we can. I think right. the three of us have a solid understanding, but even that we obviously know that we don't know enough, and that's okay. Right. And we're going to get better at it as much as we can until we yep. die. But uh, yep. with that being said, as intellectuals of any sort and all those who I guess identify as that, our first thought is, how can I talk about this? How can I do this about this? And like, well, if we just stop sometimes. Like, I've had times where I've talked with somebody and by when I say I talked with somebody, what I did was I said, hey, what's going on? And they talked. And yep. I just sat there and didn't say a single thing. And sometimes, you know, if it was a frustration or an anger at me that they had, um, they by the end of the conversation, they had worked it out themselves without me saying a single thing and screwing it up. Yep. Yep. I often say that like to, uh, to my to my wife uh, when she's having a bad day or, or something like that. And I'll just say, like, do you need me to do you want advice or do you want me to listen? Mm. And it's just like I, because I, I can do both or one or the other. And um, so set the stage better. I, I can't tell you how many times I've just people call me and be like, hey, you all right? And then blah, 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 blah forever. Yep. And I'm like, well, cool, man. Can I pray for you before we get off the phone? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've really said much. What about what's your take, Zachariah? What you got in that brain of yours? He's been quiet. Um, this is a good barely thing. Barely anything. Yeah. <laughs> I've barely got anything in that brain of mine. So the, the Facebook um, theologian has been quiet. I'm I'm appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was thinking back a little bit earlier into what you were talking about. You said that the uh, the spiritual foundation of the modern church has basically been rotted away, right? Paraphrasing yep. what you had said. Yep. And that we've abandoned the uh, ideals uh, the, that the church were founded on, which is the love and grace of Christ. Yep. 
And I think that the biggest problem in our modern church today is that Satan is very good at creating copies of God's work. Yeah. So the, because the foundation of the modern day church is still quote unquote love and grace. But the problem oh, I see where you're going. with okay. it, the problem with it is that the love and grace that it's the modern day church is built on is that Jesus loves everyone exactly the way they are and there's no need to change and his grace is enough for everyone and you don't need to change. So I think that far too often it's created an environment where if you dare say anything that is any sort of correction or any sort of an attempt to teach, it's taken as an attack because there is no need to change. God's grace is enough and his love, he loves us exactly the way we are. And, mm-hmm. and therefore, why would I need to change anything? Why would I need to, you know, deny myself and take up my cross when Jesus loves me exactly where I am and exactly how I am mm-hmm. and his grace is enough. And so the modern day church has been built upon this fake idea of love and grace that Satan has made a copy of the love and grace that Christ truly is. And we've built our church on that. And yeah. Which gives way to the universalists that we have that are claiming to preach and teach uh, the word of God, but they skip all of the things that like, that say that you, you must be born again, born anew um, to shed your grave clothes, uh, to come out of that tomb. I mean, there's so much that, um, that is being missed there, and we're talking about this, and I'm like, yes, amen, agreed, yeah, all those dumb hippie Christians <laughs> with their vapes and their and their hats and their flash rap dance music, but also like I'm gr- I'm grieving because like I've ignored parts of Scripture to support my my life mm-hmm. too, and I have I have made exceptions because of being uncomfortable. Um, but the point is that when, if you have encountered air quotes, for those who can't see, uh, Jesus, and you walked away not changed, you didn't meet Jesus. Yep. I, I, you just didn't. I recently saw a, a Paul Washer, uh, not, the, uh, <laughs> not the typical Paul Washer uh, video. I can't remember what the name of it was, the stop, the stop clapping or why are you clapping. I'm talking yeah. about you, not that one. It's uh, one where he says... Uh, it's a story, and he says, uh, "I'm late to church, and I'm sorry. I, I got hit by a truck." And you know, obviously, um, he goes into detail, and he talks about uh, how he was trying to change a flat tire on the side of the road, and the lug nut went off into the road, and he got hit by a a, a lumber truck going 120 miles per hour, and all that, and you know, all these things. It's just a bunch of visualization, and uh, trying to give people the idea. And so he says. But now I'm here. I'm sorry I'm late, you know. And he compares it and says, that should be how we look at an encounter with God. Your encounter with God is going to be far, you know, exponentially more life-changing than being hit by a, a Mack truck going 120 miles per hour. So if you come in, you know, you're, and saying you got hit by a Mack truck, you know, or, you know, you had an encounter with God, and you're not changed, you're either a madman or a liar, Right, right, and 
And this, you know, popped into my heart, and I want to share this too, alongside of what you were talking about. God, God will come in swinging hard, and He always will, and He will. The word that's used uh, a lot for when, um, gosh, I just forgot now. It's, um, um, but Scripture talks about uh, that God actually chases after you. I mean, that like, I can't remember the Hebrew word now or what Scripture it was, but it was just mind-boggling uh-huh. that He's like right on your heels, pursuing you and chasing you. So, yes, he is going to do that. Is it Rasha or Raksha? Something like that. I saw something recently with that, too. Oh, my gosh. It blew my mind. It made my day. But but I've also noticed that a lot of people in today's church, I think, I don't want... I don't want this to turn into like us bad mouthing, but we do have to call balls and strikes yep. um, within a, within the church, and maybe it's because we we idolize our pastors or we think that it's the pastor's job to fix everything. But we have spineless cowards for husbands and men nowadays who aren't leading their families, and and like and then people like in the church too. We are supposed to do life with one another. Like confessing sin to my friends makes praying about that sin so much easier. Mm-hmm. If if I walk with my friends. And I let them carry it with me. Uh, pastor Josh Morford um, at my church, uh, the youth pastor, was a super good friend of mine. I'll just call him up, dude. I'm struggling, man. Like, and, and it doesn't matter what it is. He'd be like, first of all, that's really weird. Probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Second of all, love you, man. Like, in because there's this common love and deep respect and adoration for one another. And if we lose that, um, what do we get? There is no hope for the body of Christ if we're singular. Yep. Because we've made it our thing. So, like, we should also minister to one another no matter what it is. I mean, we could go through the decades and pick out one major issue from each mm-hmm. decade of Western church. Um, and from, a, from you can't dance, you can't play cards. To you can't wear jeans, you got to wear a suit. To if you're a single mom, you can't be saved. Like, all of these weird pseudo standards yep. of righteousness and uh it produces nothing but broken people rant over when we replace god's word for our own or even hyper extend it beyond what it says we've created a new scripture and follow a god that's not the actual god yep so yep yep agreed and uh i think I would challenge those, you know, who listen to this, you know, that might be upset, that feel a duty to respond to people on social media or write in or call in. Look, if you don't have their phone number, you ain't gonna, it's not going to mean a thing. Um, so focus on the people that God has in your life that you have deep love and respect for and, um, and change your circle and disciple the seven people around you. Let them disciple you. Um, and just take a break, take a chill pill, and spend more time in the Word than you do on Facebook. Spend more time uh, praying for those people. You see something that you're mad about, I don't care how mad you are, I dare you to pray. Watch how fast your heart changes. It's just in the best place to start. Even if you're right. Yep. So what you're saying is that Hunter should not listen to me, and I shouldn't listen to Hunter, because I don't even have Hunter in my contacts, so... <laughs> I that's exactly I don't what I'm listen saying. to him anyway. I just good. I didn't I know Lutherans were allowed to wear pink shirts. So I just asked Kubler for advice, but he didn't say anything about pink shirts, so now here I am. That's because he assumed <laughs> you were straight and didn't feel the need to say anything. Well, you know what assumptions do. 
They make a butt out of me and you. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, I, That's what I think is. you had a point there, Keebler. I, it's, the, with the modern church, we've, we've, taken, we've taken away the, the interconnection of our church family. We've lost a lot of that. Granted, there are many churches who really try to do day-to-day life together, which is fantastic. You know, some do it well, some do it kind of well, and some do it poorly. But we miss that because nowadays it ends up being, okay, I see you at church. Hey, it's nice to see you. I'm really glad, you know, also this. How's your kid? You know, whatever else is going on, pleasantries. Still stupid. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, the usual. (laughs) And so, but then the thing is, church is done, you know, all right, we've had our cookies and our coffee or whatever, and then we leave. Yeah, and then we leave. And then it's, well... Um, I'm, I'm sorry to hear this, but, uh, it, I heard from, you know, coworker or whatever that, uh, you and your wife were, were splitting up and then the immediate defensiveness, the like, well, why would you say that? How dare you this? And like, well, I heard it was because of an affair. How, you know, how dare you call me out on the things that need to be called out? And it's because we're yeah. not doing life together. And I, I, that's not to give the person that's getting defensive and, you know, any excuse to be the way they're, they're being. But at the same time... Right, but they don't have a reason to trust anyone. Yes. So we, we don't have a life that's connected to the other believers in a way that allows for that conversation to happen in an atmosphere that isn't already wrought with uh, perceived hatred and judgment. Because we assume mm-hmm. that everything that somebody comes at us with when it's in correction or reproof or whatever else, it ends up being something that's like, well, now they think of me differently. It's like, I didn't say that at all. Right. I am I am here because I care more about your spiritual well-being than I'd like to see you, you know, fooling around with other people outside of your marriage. That's the point. Right. I care more about exactly. that. Exactly. So it's it's just problematic in in the way that we interact with others and I can't put the onus on any one person. I think it's just another spot right. that the church has really failed to thrive. I agree. I think we ought to like try to keep each other accountable more often than we do, uh, and and to be able to have the door open to our church members and our friends who are Christians. I hope you're friends with the people you go to church with, um, uh, and then the closest ones to you. Opening that door um, so that they can speak that deeply into your life, and you don't automatically respond with offense. Yeah. Um, it, that that we'd be so offended, and then we're we're we've got these little splinter cells in our churches and. Um, you've been going to church for 10 years and you see the faces, but you don't know who they are. You can't remember their names. And I think it starts with community. That's a, why, mm. what, what is that? Colossians 3.16. I think that's a good place to start. Um, for my point here, let me look that up real let, fast. Uh, Sorry. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's it. So I agree with whatever it. was just said. It was Colossians three sixteen. So okay, yeah. So I would hope We're you. I, I hope you'd about. agree. <laughs> yeah. I was just sitting here, and you stopped talking. I'm like, oh, Hunter froze, and I was about to say something to Keebler, and I looked down, and ah, Keebler froze too. Cool. <laughs> and then it just dropped me completely from the call. So. The joys of technology. Yeah, it was demonic activity messing with our computers. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, it was. It was pretty much just the, uh, the idea that, uh, in order to have, uh, in order to have correction land the way it's supposed to, we need to have relationship with one another. Yes. 
Yep, yep. My buddy Kashif told me I was dealing. I, I have pretty bad self-esteem, and I'll be fully honest about that. So I take everything, like, personally first, and then I have to, like, strong-arm myself out of it. Um, and I'm really good at doing it. But he told me, he goes, hey, man, he goes, when people praise you, don't receive it. When people criticize you, don't receive it. It's the glory's not yours, and if the criticism isn't true, like if this is like criticize you um, and they don't know you, don't receive it. It's not for you. It's dead words. And, um, and I, man, I was like, dude, that's hard. Screw you. I hate you. Don't ever talk to me again. No, I'm kidding. But I think people need to take that into consideration. It's like we need to develop relationships where people can critique us. Yep can speak into our lives and then when we look at the public on facebook or youtube or reddit or wherever your 4chan if you're still on it um we can see that th those are words in a screen but there's a person behind that and there's a consciousness behind that and there's a whether you believe in dichotomy or trichotomy there's mm -hmm. some form of that um in a person and they have value uh in that our first response always should be i love this dude i love this woman i love this child and um and that let that color the lens, uh, color what we see rather than this door here on my right is white. But if I had blue lenses on and refuse to take them off, everything's going to be blue. Yep. So let's take off our colored lenses and quit being so freaking polarized all the time on everything and just be like, man, you are of the same. I don't want to say it like this, but I'm going to of the same spiritual loin as me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we belong to the same God, the same creator of the universe. And um, I am not any better than you are. We might disagree. I might be right. You might be wrong. You might be right. I might be wrong. Um, but let's first learn how to love one another so that we might at least finish a pot of coffee while we talk about it. You know, and advice before you uh, get angry at something you see on Facebook and feel the need to respond or whatever, Instagram, Twitter, anything. And you feel like you need to respond um, and try to argue with this person or correct them. Try to think back to the last time that you said something on Facebook and someone tried to correct you on it or teach you. And uh, if you can remember accepting that with grace, then go ahead and comment. But uh, if you can't remember the last time that you accepted with something uh, that mm -hmm. someone tried to teach you, don't try to do the same thing because uh, I can almost guarantee you there's not a single person that has ever been corrected by a stranger on the internet that went, you're right. You're totally right. Never works. Yeah. Have you ever led anybody to Christ on a Facebook comment thread? No. You know, I had an interesting situation and I may have mentioned it here on the podcast before, but uh, a local pastor, uh, I had either seen his post because of mutual friends or otherwise, uh, he had shared something, and it was on Martin Luther King Jr. Day or whatever. And regardless of what you believe about Martin Luther King Jr., I personally think that of the things that we know about him, you can pretty much throw most of it out, uh, most of what he said. And I, I don't consider it worth sharing personally. But uh, So he had shared this post on, on this, and uh, because Martin Luther King Jr. was a pastor, I don't remember what denomination, uh, not that that's important, but... Uh, shared this, I commented on it and said something about like, uh, shouldn't we be sharing something more important or talking about this? Because it was very worldly, not so Christian, you know, not that I was looking for Christianese, but I said something, I was, I was in my cage stage and that didn't help. Right. And so I jumped on it and this pastor ended up getting attacked by multiple people, not just me. I ended up actually messaging him myself. I was like, Hey, you know what? I didn't mean for it to go the way it did. I would like to meet for some coffee or something. You know, we met at a local Panera and um, 
ended up talking and we still get lunch together every so often because that relationship means more to me and he's he is an absolutely fantastic guy love the guy um wish i could spend more time with him but he and i are both extremely busy and uh yeah so that relationship came out of me saying okay i did a dumb let's not do that let's reach out and actually say you know i desire unity over being right and that's that's not a right. that's not a like right. no he was denying the divinity of Christ and I called him out on it. It was a a thing that meant so very little that if I desired that above the relationship with a fellow brother in Christ, that I had the wrong view of how I was supposed to be interacting with him. So, right, exactly, and that that was the point of the whole glasses thing, exactly. So I I, gotta, I do want to bring up. Other specific situations going on currently. Um, so I I think along with the lines of what we read in First Corinthians one, uh, talking about who follows who and all that. Uh, yeah. There has been a lot of of stuff where people attack others just because of either I guess the genre that they're a part of or because they don't mm-hmm. align themselves with whatever style of music or other things like that and. It's getting to a point in the Christian metal scene that uh, I think, and I hate the word gatekeeping because there's there's elitist gatekeeping and then there's the thing where people just say it's gatekeeping and you're just actually trying to be beneficial. Um, right. So I'm talking about uh, non-beneficial, not elitist, but in a way that is hateful towards a brother in Christ. And when, when we sit there and we, we like to tear apart those who we consider in community with us, even if it's, you know, a social media-based community, I think that that's problematic. So we we end up uh, pushing others away, and instead of desiring unity within the body, because it, again, preface is that this is all brothers and sisters, we miss a lot of the connections that we should have that God, you know, brought these people across our path for a reason, and now we're just, you Mm -hmm. know, throwing punches because we feel like arguing with them or because we feel like they hurt us. But to your point again with the whole lens thing, if someone comes at us and says something about a non-primary issue in our theology or even something Mm -hmm. about us personally, as long as they're not like, you're an idiot and you're ugly, which is like, okay, well, that's not worth it because they're just going for uh, ad hominem or they're going for uh, whatever else. But uh, when they attack us, if we're sitting there and we say, I'm offended by that, like, why are we offended? Does the Bible say otherwise? Because if it doesn't, then who are we actually using as the lens? Is it ourselves? Right. Is it our ego? Right. Is it our our <clears throat> reputation? What are we putting in front of Scripture that should not be? Yeah, no, you're right, and, and that's the point. I mean, the, the, the cornerstone is Christ, not me. Yep. Uh, he's the foundation. Uh, he's the road. Um, and if and if you do life, if you say for 10 seconds, right, just for anybody listening, you're going into work, you're doing whatever. Um, and it doesn't have to be arguing or disagreeing with someone or anything like that. Could it be anything? If you just take a few minutes and just say, Holy Spirit, work in me and through me. Um, I, I want to reflect the sun just like the moon does to the physical sun. Shine on me. Make me useful. And like, and it's, 
we really do have to get self out of the way. And that gets a little tricky with some of the new age stuff that's been going yep. on, that's been reemerging in the Gnostic camps and stuff. But like um, Jesus did say, let the, bed, let the dead bury the dead, follow me. Yep. Um, and, and so we do have to deny ourselves and we do have to view people. We, you guys remember the, what would Jesus do bracelets as corny as I they were? I still have one somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah. I mean, they were, uh, Jesus wouldn't do that. He would know where his bracelets are. Um, but we have, but we have to think about that. Would, would Jesus do this? Maybe we should turn the focus and say to him, what would Jesus do? Let me be, you know, let me put my tithe in for the month and, and call it call it good but like would jesus do what i'm doing right now Mm -hmm. would he respond this way um would he act improperly is he does he have self-control of course he does like um we have to call checks and balances in ourselves um our balls and strikes before we can do it in other people that goes back to the scripture hey if you see a speck in somebody else's eye um you got a plank in your own yep you can't do it you can't call it out until you get rid of the one in your eye and it's important to remember humility and all that we do mm-hmm. and how we interact with people, how we live our lives. And that goes for waitresses, too. Um, historically, across the board, uh, for many years now, that Sundays are the worst days for waitresses. Yeah, because the church is terrible. <laughs> the ch- yeah. Um, we ought to be just, like, reacting better to those about it. When I'm in a restaurant, I do this all the time. And it's just something I've done for a long time. It's not me pumping myself up. Or anything like that, but I'm like I'm. I try to make conversation with whoever's serving us, and I'm always looking for an opportunity to pray mm. for them. And if I have a particularly bad experience, I tip more uh, because I could be the person that changes their day. Yep. Um, I I with a, what what does scripture say? It says a kind word turns away wrath. Um, so maybe we ought to live by that for a little while mm-hmm. and just see how it goes, whether we're in community in a physical church or we're in the online community of Christ, whether we're in the Christian metal scene. Because, dude, I hate scrolling through the Christian metal Facebook yep. pages. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. Shame on all of you, you turds. <laughs> um, <laughs> goons. Like, it's just rough, and uh, we ought not be that way. And, and we're going to have discussions, and we should talk. Yep. We should have discussions. We should have conversations about things. Uh, but the way we're doing it, it ain't it, Chief. He needs some milk. <laughs> he needs some you know, milk. Every time someone set brings up the whole what would Jesus do thing, I can't help but think of what my brother always likes to say. And he's like, yeah, what would Jesus do? Well, let's keep in mind that uh, spending two days braiding a whip and then going into the temple and whipping people with it and turning over <laughs> tables is not outside the realm of possibility. So. Well, it's true. I mean, it, I mean, it is true. Sometimes I see so. some of those uh, Facebook groups and pages, and I'm like, "That's what Jesus would do here." <laughs> yeah, and Jesus would call us out into a boat, knowing that there was going to be a storm in the gale force waves. Look at mm-hmm. the look at the weather that happens on that sea, and you'll that gives you a different perspective into the uh, that situation. He would call us out of a tree and embarrass us in front of mm-hmm. people. Uh, he he would flip tables. He would do these things, but they're all for the benefit of his kingdom and the good of those who love him. That's what I was about yep. to say. Is that yeah right? Every... Dude, you have a top knot. You don't know what you're. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm out. Bye. I'm going to leave again. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all the things we've said to him, the top knot was the one. But 
No, like... I mean, it's better than the comb-over, Hunter. He's got the whole hard-R reformed comb-over going on here. <laughs> His hair's so thin, he has to try to, like, get it, as much coverage with it as possible. <laughs> Shh, they don't know how ugly yep. I am on here. That's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> that's that's why Hunter saved, has saved all the videos from this, but he's never used them, and that's exactly why I don't want these people to see my yep. face. Yep. He's trying to be a wannabe. A, he's, a, he's a wannabe... Apology of Oh no, not again. <laughs> now I gotta shave it all off. <laughs> I love those dudes over Apology. They're with, pretty great. With the waitress idea, though, here's a thought. I, I find it rather ironic when people say, well, I didn't have a chance to witness. You know, like you said, you try to make conversation. Obviously, not every, every situation allows for that. Um, right. Even not in, not even just in a restaurant, but talking about interactions with people, not always is a conversation reasonable enough to even ask, you know, can I pray for you or whatever else? Maybe you can have enough time to ask them if I can pray, you know, if there's anything that I can pray about. Um, but people are like, well, I didn't get a chance to witness to this person. I didn't get a chance to like, well, OK, you realize you can witness with more than just your words, right? You right. can like you can do the the tipping even with the poor service. You can do the, yep. you know, ending a, a conversation with a, a genuine. I hope you have a great day. Like seriously, that's right. And that's I mean, mm -hmm. obviously it comes off as sarcastic sometimes, and you have to reinforce it. No, I'm completely serious. Mm -hmm. I want you to have a good day. And honestly, like we do have, we, we would be in our full right to be upset about poor service, especially if you bought that service. But we also have the option to look over mm -hmm. it and be a change. Um, so like, it's just simple things like that yep. in practice. Um, like for me, I used to get really mad at gas pumps because they were too slow. <laughs> Legitimately. Oh. I would like, I'd be running late. I'm super punctual. And I've ruined the first half of my day because I've been mad at a gas pump. Inanimate objects are the worst though. Like, they don't listen. That's the worst part. They don't listen to me. They don't listen. And Zachariah keeps freezing with that face. Please take a screenshot immediately. <laughs> I can't. Wait, Let wait. me see if I can get one. I might have gotten one. So. <laughs> this is great. Anyway, um, it, this is really good. Sorry for those who can't see it, but I will post it on Facebook. Dang it. I didn't get it. Okay. Back. He's, He's back. back. Again. Again. Okay. I don't He's know back. why my Wi-Fi. Screen... It's got to be my Wi-Fi. Uh, it's got to be. So, Walmart but yeah, when we, when we witness to people, it doesn't always take us like fully presenting the gospel in all that it is. Sometimes it, it's us right. in the short moment that we have not being a jerk to a person and not giving yep. them. They will know we are Christians yep. by our love. So the mercy and grace difference, like, uh, Grace is getting what you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And we can we can equally right. wield both. And I, I, I truly yep. believe, and this sounds very weird to say, I guess, I believe that mercy and grace, when used, are powerful weapons. But I also think that mercy and grace, when withheld, are powerful weapons to our own destruction. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. And I like to, for those of you who struggle with the idea of mercy and grace, think about it this way. Mercy is getting pulled over for doing 180 miles an hour in a 25 in a school zone, not getting a ticket. Grace is getting pulled over and being given $1,500. Yep. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, you can't even comprehend it. And so we, we have that ability to extend grace and mercy and compassion and understanding without tolerance necessarily, mm -hmm. without condoning certain things. 
um, that are antithetical to Scripture. Um, but we, ha- we still can choose grace. So um, be gracious with one another and be kind. Pursue peace. I think that's the perfect segue to the final thing that I wanted to talk about. And this one is a very specific situation, and I'm going to say things. Um, Uh-oh. So wow, I know. So very cool, different dude. from a Calvinist to say words. <laughs> yeah, you guys usually just regurgitate whatever you read from some guy in 1700. So like, I mean, it's it's the best we got. It was the last great Calvinist. So, um, no. So this this was a situation that came up this last week, and uh, it got serious attention in the Christian metal scene. You're gonna talk about Seventh Day Slumber, aren't I you? I am. Oh God. Okay, but I missed it. Okay, I didn't so see I'll it. I'll give the story for those for those who didn't see it. So what happened was Seventh Day Slumber was playing a show and happened to to connect with Todd White on his podcast. Now I, I need to say I do not agree with Todd White in almost anything that he does or teaches because he is connected with Kenneth Copeland, who is a prosperity preacher. And so with that preface what we were just talking about with what Keebler said was about having grace and that uh, not having tolerance for poor theology or for mis- uh, misdirected uh, beliefs. But uh, my thought is this. Many people, and I'm not even on Facebook, and I got to see all this, unfortunately. Um, many people took it upon themselves to, ex- to attack Seventh-day Slumber specifically, and many people uh, made posts about it, and I'm not going to name names for those who I do know who did that. But uh, this is my thought: What if you know? What if their connection to Todd White in doing this podcast had nothing to do with them saying I am with this guy, but rather them doing that and uh, coming into this situation, they desired to witness to him, because who is like we just talked about the community and the the fellowship. How can we correct without that? And right, I I I did see all the interactions and everything. And one thing that I found interesting is that through all of the comments and back and forth between them and other people and all that, and it was a giant mess. Joe Rojas runs the Facebook page. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna say he. I'm not gonna say they because I not. Yeah. It was him responding, you know. Yep. He never actually went out of his way to defend Todd White's teachings. Correct. His argument was simply, it was an opportunity for me to hop on a podcast with a ton of listeners and share my testimony and yep. the story that I yep. have and the grace that God's shown me. And, you know, and so I forgot what I was going to say. Other than I think that's an important thing to, to mention yep. is that Right. They didn't even act. He, he did not stand behind Todd White and say, "Yes, his teaching is phenomenal. He yep. knows he's got everything right." Kind of thing. He, he did say that uh, you should get to know him, which I agree. Whether that means that he's trying to defend sure. Todd White in any way, shape, or form, like I'm not here to argue whether Todd White is in or out of the fold of Christ. That's not my point here. My point is, I truly believe that Joe and the rest of Seven Day Slumber are true believers. I believe that they are brothers in Christ. And uh, even the, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the the one instrumentalist name, his wife, uh, who's their front of house. I believe they're all solid believers. I believe they had a chance to get on the podcast with Todd White and Todd White has a huge following. Absolutely. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. selfish gain. He was telling his testimony. So it's very different than, Hey, seventh day slumber. Mm -hmm. All right. Peace. That's different. 
he went on there for a very specific reason that I believe would benefit those who listen to Todd White's podcast. And honestly, God may be using that to pull people out yep. of that that area. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's Yep, I got a couple things to add to that is number one, we don't we don't persecute David because of Saul. Yep. Um and and, and this whole like guilty by association BS that we've been doing in Christendom lately has to stop. Um, and because like just because someone is in the room with someone doesn't mean that they believe the same things or they're teaching the same heresies. Mm-hmm. Like there's the things I disagree with with Todd White. There is some of his practices are a little extra biblical, or maybe they're not even biblical at all. I mean, just like some of them are a little out there. But he preaches Christ and he loves the Lord and he needs to learn some things because he skipped a few steps. He's trying to be a head pastor, but he's an evangelist, not yep. a pastor or a teacher. So like he just skipped a few te- steps, right? And Remnant Radio did a ton of interviews with him, and Todd was like in the, in the background. They reported this, so like, yeah, we disagree with Todd, but like we were explaining to him, like you have really sloppy language, bro. And, like, we just want to, like, you know, get to the bottom of what you're saying. He's like, man, you guys are helping me so much. I'm learning so much. Like, maybe we ought to give people a little bit of slack, too, at the same time. Like, we, like, like I said, we don't, we don't persecute David because of who Saul was. And uh, because the proximity of that. And, and so shame on those who attack people for getting with someone uh, that they disagree with or being on a podcast or having assumptions about motive or you don't know them all of you guys you don't know them personally you don't know their hearts you don't know anything about them uh, you have your ideas and then in, in abstention of your own mind they're guilty and nothing can change that and th- that just ticks me right off i mean just like i don't get it like i used to be really upset about mike bickle because i heard some horror stories from ihop turns out they weren't true 10 years later and if you watched mike bickle's ministry over the years you might not agree with everything mm-hmm. he does but the man loves Jesus, and he preaches the full counsel of the gospel, and he's changed tons of lives through it. So let's give some people credit here, right? Like, I, I, I don't know, man. That, that's why I don't get into it, because I'll, I might let loose on a post like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> it's just, uh, See, I, 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 for one, won't, uh, I will not stand for heresy being spoken from the pulpit. So there right. are most certainly some Get preachers going. that I would absolutely call out. I'm not yep. going to call out anything on Todd White because I can honestly say I know nothing about him beyond his name. So yep. I, I, I followed him for years, and I can see some weird stuff. I've listened to all of his messages, stuff like that. And people can hate me if they want to. And over the years, I've found stuff that I deeply disagree mm-hmm. with. But I've never once got on and emailed him and said, you're going to hell, you heresy prick. I hate you. Like, or never once went after someone else. The things I do try to get involved in are like progressive stuff locally. I don't want the progressive Christianity thing taken off because the gospel never changes. If it did, it's not yep. true. Um, and so, like, I, there are things that we should call out, but this stuff, this is whack. Yep. Whack. You guys remember that meme? It's like, the way he doesn't like to smile, whack. Whack. <laughs> 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 whack. Oh, it's funny. I, again, it goes back to what's the foundation? Are we postured for prayer? Or are we postured for ignorance? Are are we yep. desiring that whoever we disagree with come to Christ? And I, I'm not saying I'm not saying you know like if I disagree and I do disagree with Todd White on a significant amount of things, but I'm not over here saying God make Todd White more like me. I'm saying God make me and Todd <laughs> White more like you. More like you. So that's the point. Right. 
and I've brought this up a million times, like it's the Matilda thing. Danny DeVito is like, I'm big, you're small. I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm yep. right, you're wrong. That's what questions uh, and answers have become uh, in, in Christendom in the West. And I love the way you just put that. I'm not praying. I'm saying this for myself, so I remember it. I'm not praying to make them more like me, but make both of us more yep. like you. I like that. Uh, how can you go wrong with a prayer like that? And it's almost foolproof. I'm the idiot who would screw it up. That's the difference. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I'm predestined to screw True. it up, so it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely predestined to take a dump and use a half a roll of toilet paper and complain about the water pressure, I'm sure. I'm, I'm starting to cry. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a good one. Oh, he said, "Thank you, Lord. I'm so happy you have me here. I'm in pain, but it's happy pain. It's happy. I shouldn't have ate those Carolina Reapers. This is God's fault. God made me go to Taco Bell. It was predestined. Or in Hunter's oh, case, man. you know, to eat that weak old taco. Oh, yeah, I'm glad that's over. I haven't had Taco Bell since, so I'm, you know." You guys realize that when we get to heaven, we have to give an account for what we just said. And I really hope that God was like, but no, for real, I did give you the idea for Taco Bell. I figured yeah. you'd like it because it was, you know, you like tacos and, and like maybe you should go do that. And I think when Elijah was laid down to take a nap and eat a snack, I mean, you never know. I mean, like, God, you know what? Hey, no offense. I just thought you were funny. And, uh, you know. But I bet he is. God has a sense of humor. He put it at that little he seed in Hunter's to, mind he made me. to eat that weak old Taco Bell he'd been saving in the fridge. And God's just sitting there like, this is going to be a funny story for years to come for you, Hunter. Yeah, it sucks in the He's meantime. Probably sitting but- there like, well, I did. I gave you the, the mental capacity to choose what you're going to do. And this is absolutely hilarious <laughs> for me right now. Because, like, you can do so much better. And you're not. Yeah. And that's funny. Like, Come quick. He's being an idiot again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, Pineapple I'm just, I'm picturing this, up. like, um, almost reality TV show. God's, you know, got his angels there. He's like, hey, guys, guys, the good part's starting. I'm going to eat the whole Taco Bell. Oh, man. <laughs> and he's like, watch this, watch what I'm going to do to his gut. He's like, <laughs> he's like oh, my God, it's so bad. It was not good. It no, worst good. 16 hours oh, of my life. <laughs> oh, no, a little food poisoning. Uh, yeah, it was definitely not good anymore. Taco Bell's not a good thing to eat the first day, not especially not a week later. Now I want Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm so yeah, sorry. Yes, Rachel, she wants to go get some Taco Bell. <sighs> but, yeah, anyway, in, in closing, my, my thought was <laughs> because that situation, I believe, is pretty prevalent, it had – a ridiculous amount of comments shares and that doesn't even include all the comments that got deleted um i'm not going to sit here and say that i think that the responses to some of the comments were the uh the most mature or the uh the most christ-like thing but my point is more towards the uh the desire for unity not being above the primary issues of the christian faith but that our our desire for unity would come from a, a foundation and a place and posture of prayer, love, and grace in a way that truly right. changes not only ourselves because we, we're seeking God earnestly, but also because we are seeking others above ourselves in a way that loves them back into the fold if they're not. Right. Yeah, what does Scripture say to restore one another gently? So uh, let's do that. Yep. 
something that I was thinking about earlier. So Hunter used cool. it. All right, guys. Thanks. For <laughs> Hunter, way at the beginning of the podcast, used the analogy that, you know, a lot of times we come into discussions and our correction, we just come in with a sledgehammer, you know, and the the thought was that in the hands of someone who's actually skilled with a sledgehammer, it is a very useful tool. It gets the job done better than any other mm. piece of equipment, right? But if you give me a sledgehammer, the most I'm going to do is whack someone's face off with it. You know? So the truth of God is absolutely a sledgehammer. But it needs to be in the right person's hands and used the right way. Yep. Yeah, and everybody can learn how to disciple one another in the right way. Our conduct is what uh, we all... Uh, by way of proximity to the Spirit of God, learn His attributes and begin to reflect Him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have... Um, I don't like Bible thumpers either, so I'm with the secularists on that. It's like, I don't like how people use Scripture in just such a terrorizing way. It's just like they're just religious terrorists half the time, uh, because it's just out of the... It's, it's the wrong heart, the wrong context, and like, where's your love, homie? Yeah. If you ain't got it, you got nothing. I agree. Well, I know we did this previously at one point. I think it was more episode-specific, but uh, I'd honestly like to end this episode with prayer. Absolutely. So uh, I think uh, each of us taking a moment uh, would be do enough. So, cool. All right, I will start us off then. All right. Father, we come before you with all of these things that... Uh, that bother us, that trouble us about uh, the unity of, of your bride. And uh, God, we're thankful for your grace and all the mercy that you give us despite our, our foolishness and the sin that we bring to the table. But uh, we ask that you would continue to work in us in a way that allows us to connect with one another in the way that you desire. Not, uh, not that we would put anything above the truth of your word, but God, that we would seek each other uh, through your uh, Holy Spirit and in love and in grace and in all the things that you desire to be a part of who we are in your uh, constant sanctification of us. God, help us to continue in that, not that uh, we would be honoring ourselves, but that we would glorify you and you alone. Yeah. Father, I pray specifically for the Christian metal community that, because obviously the three of us are a part of that and just the people in it that, um, the toxicity and the bickering and infighting that just happens constantly that you would just step in, help people to stop, think about what they're saying, think about what they're doing and just to just make their prayer to be more like you and their responses or their lack of responses and just that you would put your hand in and that we would start acting like Christians instead of like children. Father, help us to be more like you in the way that we teach, the way that we counsel, the way that we respond, the way that we receive. God, help us to do it all in love and compassion and mercy. Father, we are, I pray that there would be a collective brokenness that would fall on us and, and even us that talk about it on this podcast tonight and those that hear this podcast, um, that we would be broken over that collective sin. Um, that we are all responsible, and Father, make us useful. 
uh, would your spirit fall on all of us um, and give us abilities that are outside of what we can do now so that it might shape us, inform us, uh, and teach us as we are drugged through the mud and make fools of ourselves and have to pick ourselves back up and other people and repent for our destruction. And, uh, Lord, we just lift up a seventh-day slumber, and, God, I pray that you would you just be with them. I know that can be difficult, and if any of them receive criticism like I do sometimes, Lord, be with their hearts and uh, lift them up in your mighty right hand. And, and uh, We thank you for the opportunity to sit here and talk about these things. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, mightily Hunter and Zechariah um, with their their wives and those that have children. And Lord, I pray peace over them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. We got All belligerence right. by reformers. You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running as well as supports lesser known Christian artists. Thank you for listening and God bless.